Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Starting, but um, I didn't see anything, so apologize for that. One second. Okay. All right. So let us begin the prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the gift of life and for the gift of our faith. I ask you to continue to watch over us, walk with us during these difficult times, during, the during these times away from the sacrament. That has caused us, that has caused many people so much grief, so much sadness. I ask you to watch over all those who are sick, all those who um, are caring for those who are sick, that they may have all the strength that they, that they need to, to continue to care for those people. We ask this in the name of Jesus, as well as we ask our Blessed Lady to intercede for us on this most sacred feast, on the most holy day of our Lady of Fatima, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'm trying to see what's happening here. I'm sorry, folks. Give me one second. Hmm. Oh, there it goes. I think it's this. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So, um, the week... The theme for this week is um, being being lost and a gift of receiving. Have you, have you ever felt lost before? Have you, have you ever felt um, not sure what's going on with your life or, um, or just a sense of, of being lost? And so it may take a a deeper look into, you know, what does it mean to be lost? Perhaps it means that we were once not lost, but yet now we're, now we're lost. So I want you to just take a minute um, to think about what it means to be lost 
and think about a, a few moments in, in your life when you felt lost and, and what kind of emotions you were feeling and what kind of thoughts and, and you know, urges or promptings or, or movements in your heart. So just take a minute to, to think of those, those, um, those moments. So, what does it mean to be lost? Sometimes we may not even realize that we are lost. And perhaps there are many different kinds of loss. There's physical loss, you know, I'm, I'm lost on a road. And sometimes there's also spiritual loss. Not sure where we are with God. So with physical loss, you know, we lost our way, we took the wrong turn, we went too far, we took an exit off too early. Or we sometimes we, we may have strayed off the right path. But these, these can also be applied spiritually. Like the Israelites, who wandered in, in the desert for 40 years. So now, I want to read to you the excerpt from Exodus. Um, when the apostles, I mean, not the apostles, when our Lord was about to lead um, the Israelites um, through the Red Sea. Um, it's... Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. Now, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the Philistines' land, though it, this was the nearest. For God said, if the people see that they have to fight, they might changed their minds and, ret and returned to Egypt. So instead, God rerouted them toward the Red Sea by way of the wilderness road. And the Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt, arrayed for battle. Moses also took Joseph's bones with him, for Joseph had made the Israelites take a solemn oath, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you must bring my bones up with you from here. Sitting out from Sokoth, they camped at Atham, near the edge of the wilderness. The Lord preceded them in the daytime by means of a column of cloud to show them the way, and at night by means of a column of fire to give them light. Thus they could travel both day and night. Neither the column of cloud by day nor the column of fire by night ever left its place in front of the people. So you just heard a very interesting line. God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines' land, though this was the nearest. Why didn't God lead the Israelites through the nearest path? We know that the shortest distance between one point and the other is a straight line. But why didn't God lead them through that, that quickest route, if he knew that was the, the nearest? And we're told it's because he was afraid 
that the Israelites might see the people coming towards them, charging at them, and might be afraid. And then go instead retreat and turn back and go back to Egypt. To go back to slavery. To go back to bondage. And so the Lord rerouted them by way of the wilderness. But yet we're told, even though he took the long way, God was with them. By day, he was a column of cloud in front of them to lead them, to show them where they needed to go. And by night, he was a column of fire, giving them light so that they can travel both day and night. And notice, we're told that they can travel both day and night and not just travel by day and rest at night, but that this journey was both day and night. Now, once they crossed the Red Sea, even though God was with them, what happened? The Israelites began to complain, right? But of course, at first, once they crossed, they praised the Lord, they sang a great song. But then later, they began to complain. They began to say, you know, I don't know what this freedom is. I mean, we're, we're walking by foot, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere, we're in the wilderness, we're in the desert, why are we here? So they complained, right? But yet, they said they would rather, they would rather go back to Egypt than to starve, right? They said they would rather have died with food in their hands and their mouths in Egypt being slaves instead of starving through the desert to freedom. But they must. They had to go through this desert. They had to go through this wilderness. They had to go through this starvation. And so must we. Now, let's think about this. Our God is an all-loving God, all-compassionate, all-merciful. Do you think this God would really have led the people out to starve, to die? It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make sense if this was the God that we know. If his main objective was to lead them out and have them starve. He could have just closed the waters of the Red Sea and drowned them. But then why lead them? Why lead them through the Red Sea onto dry ground? Think about that. Perhaps the Lord knew and saw that these people were, some of them were not on board. Some of them were still thinking about the old days. Yes, throwing bondage and slavery, but yet they had food. They were still thinking about the old things. And so they became lost. Lost in what was in front of them. They became lost, even though our Lord was with them as a pillar of cloud that they can see. They saw this. Yet they still complained because what they were looking for was physical sustenance. They wanted food that they can eat right now 
and water that they could drink to, come, to quench their thirst right now. But they weren't ready yet for what our Lord had in store for them. And so they wandered, even though the distance in reality perhaps wasn't that long. They wandered for 40 years, perhaps because they needed conversion of heart. So God wanted them to live, right? God brought them out of the land of Egypt for a reason. Because Egypt is seen as a land of slavery, land of sin. And so he brought them out to live in the freedom. God wanted them to live so much. But maybe they didn't. They weren't ready yet. Maybe right now in our lives, we are at a point where we're not sure if this is where I want to be. Maybe we're not sure if we should stick with what it is that we're doing, whether it's a job, whether maybe it's something else. And maybe we're just not happy with the life that we have now, and we feel lost and all alone. But we're not alone. We may feel alone sometimes, and feel lost sometimes, but we are not. Like we said in the beginning, right? We feel lost sometimes because maybe at one point we weren't. At one point we were perhaps we were found, so to speak. One time perhaps we were we felt that we belonged to someone, we belonged somewhere, and that we were loved. But we were but we only know what was what loss and alone feels like if we first know how what it felt like to not be lost and not be alone. And we also know that we are not made for loneliness. And we were not made for lostness. But this empty and lonely feeling is there because there's a deeper longing, a deeper desire in our hearts for what was there before. Let's think back to the very beginning in Genesis with Adam and Eve, right? They, they had everything. They had food, they had animals, they had pets, they had trees, they had, they had everything. They had, they had each other. They had God. And perhaps once they fell from grace, once they took that bite out of the, out of the fruit, and they were cast out, I'm sure they were thinking, oh man, I wish I could go back. I wish I could change our decision and, and somehow just go back to how things were before. But as much as God loved them, as much as God wanted them to be with Him, He couldn't just take them back and say, oh, it's fine, come on back. He couldn't. Because He loved them. And He was their Father. And actions have consequences. So because God loved them, He needed to let them go. Though He let, though he let them go, He never left them. He never abandoned them. They were always provided for. They had food. They had health. 
to work in the land, to raise children. In a similar way, the Israelites, they were also provided for. They had manna, they had quail, they had water, they had a leader, but yet they were still unsatisfied. They still wanted more. Well, someone, and some people may say to me, well, you know, sometimes I feel lonely and people feel depressed and they feel empty. And, but it's not because of their own actions. It's not because they did something wrong. And perhaps that's true. But what's important is, is for us to not dwell on that, right? But to see, okay, I feel lost. I feel alone. But what am I going to do about it? Am I going to sit here all day and say, woe is me, and, and blame others, and blame God, and, and blame my circumstances? Or, or will I do something more? Will we be like the Israelites who complained in the desert? Or will we turn to God? Perhaps we ought to turn and return to the one from whom we first experienced this not lostness, this not loneliness. Perhaps we must turn to the Father and say, Why? Why am I going through this pain? Why am I suffering? Why am I so lonely? Why do I feel so lost? Save me. Be with me. I am lost, but I do not know why. But I want to be found again. Talk to me, God, and answer me. And then just sit there in the silence and listen to him. And then God sent his son. We'll take a quick one minute break to grab some water and then we'll come back and then we'll continue. Thank you for um, getting me, um, giving me some time to get some water. Um, my watch over here. 
So let's go back real briefly. When we feel all alone, when we feel lost and rejected, maybe even like Moses sometimes, to Lord, why are you doing this to me? I, I, I try to do your work and, and yet you're not, you're not listening. When we feel that no one is listening to us, when we feel that God isn't there, we must persevere. And again, say this prayer. Why, God? Why am I experiencing this deep pain? Save me. Be with me. I am lost and I do not know why or how I am lost, but I want to be found again. So talk to me and answer me. And then God sent his son. God sent his son because he wanted us to be with him again. We're told that our Lord came to earth in the world we flesh to be light for us. To be light for us who have walked in darkness, so that we may no longer remain in that darkness. We're told that our Lord became man for us, so that we may have life and have it to the full. And those 40 years in the desert of those Israelites, they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And then many years later, when they had a king, and then when they were captured, and then they were brought back. And then they were now under Roman rule. In the fullness of time, God sent his son to lead them truly out of slavery into everlasting life. Now, one of the very famous um, parables is that of the prodigal son. Some call it the, the parable of the lost son. And so I will read just a little part of it as we continue with this um, talk here. If you're following along, if you want to read, it's um, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Luke 15, verse 11. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. And so the father did. He divided the property between them. And after a few days, the younger son, the younger son collected all his belongings and set out to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed 
to have his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. And coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat? But here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. So treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. We can see this younger son, his boldness. Give me what I deserve. It's mine anyway. Give, give me. I deserve my inheritance. It belongs to me. You know, I take, I take. But people really only gain their inheritance when? When someone dies. And so what the son was really saying was, Father, you're dead to me. I wish you were dead. So give me my share of the inheritance. Wow, that's... And I don't know about you, but if, if, if I had a son and he came to me and he said, give me my share of the inheritance, you know, you're dead to me. I, I, I would have, first I would not have given him my inheritance or give him anything. But yet... What does the father in here do? So the father divided the property between them. It didn't make any sense at all. He, he gave him. He gave him the inheritance. Now then we're told that a few days later, a few days later, the son went, got up and left. So let us imagine what may have happened during those few days. Right? Maybe they had a conversation. Maybe the father was saying, you know, son, you can go, but, but you know, I, this is always your home. Maybe the, the older brother was talking to him, saying, you know, try, try to talk him out of it, maybe. We don't know. But when the sun leaves and sets off for a different country, he's not only just leaving home, but he's leaving himself. He's saying, I'm done with that life. I'm done being with my father's household. I'm done with that. So he wishes to leave behind his identity. He wants to be his own person. And how often are we tempted by that? To be someone. How often are we tempted to be the person that the world tells us to be? Oh, you should be rich. Oh, you should go and be famous. You should go and just, you know, conquer the world and... And, and, you know, get everything that you want in life. The big house, the nice car, all that. It's all about me, 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 me. You should go do that. The temptation of the world 
is to be somebody. And that's what this son wanted to do. He wanted to not just be known as so-and-so's son or so-and-so's brother. He wanted to be his own person. He wanted to make a name for himself. But there's a problem with that. He already was somebody. And we already are somebody. We're God's beloved. Each and every one of us. We are loved by the Father from all eternity. Jeremiah tells us that God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Now what does everlasting mean? It means there was no beginning or end, that it was forever. So even before you and I were in existence, He loved us. We were already somebody. But oftentimes, we're not satisfied with that. We want more. We want power. We want fame. We want riches. And so we go down a path. A path of what, that we think will give us what we want. But perhaps it was the path that led the sun to sorrow. So apart from his father, the son has no identity. By leaving, the son was rejecting his identity as son. He loses himself. When we separate ourselves from Christ and from the father, we become no one. Our lives become meaningless. Our lives become lost. When we choose to live a life without Christ, a life without the source of all of our, all of our life and being, we become lost. But now, here's, a, here's, a, here's the ironic thing. The Father gave him his share of the inheritance. So what was he trying to tell him? Was he just being generous? Here, son, take the money and go. I love you. What was the father really saying? The father was saying, I know you want to do this. I know you want to be somebody. I know you want to break free from what you see as bondage. You want to break free from what you see as a prison. And, it, and I can't stop you. But know that I still love you. And that you are still my son. And so I give you my inheritance. That even when the son chose to reject his father, to reject his home, to reject his identity, the father still loved him. The father still says, you are my son. And that is why I give you my inheritance. In the same way, we too, by our baptism, 
receive a share of the inheritance that our Lord shared and had. And similar, though we sin, though we try to go away and run away from God, though we try to you know, engage in our habitual sins, the sins of you know, gossip, or loss, or lying, or even rejecting and denying God, even when we sin, the Spirit never leaves us. Like the Son who took the inheritance and says, Dad, I wish you were dead. And yet the Father still loved him. In the same way, even when we sin, when we commit even mortal sin, God still says, I still love you. And then you are still my beloved. So the son may have rejected his, his identity, but the father never stops loving. He never withholds his love. The younger son is his son forever. And so are we. No matter how lost we are, how far down the path we have gone, how much we have rejected God, how much we have forsaken Him. He still calls us beloved. I mean, look at the cross. When the world forsaked Him, when the world abandoned Him, when the world spat at Him, He still followed the Father's will. And that's how much God loves us. So now the son gets up and he goes. He squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. Now this family was rich. He must have had a large sum of money. But he squandered it. He had the freedom to choose what to do with the money. He could have saved it. He could have um, saved it for a family and, and be responsible. But instead, he lived a life of sin. He lived and he chose a life of dissipation. He chose a life of worldly pleasures. He chose a life that the world tells him is what he ought to live. Similarly, God gives us many gifts. Through our baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit and receive it more fully in confirmation. How do we choose to use these gifts? How do we choose to use this inheritance that we have? Our inheritance is in Christ. How do we choose to use His love and His mercy? Now, in teaching about this parable, St. Augustine says, to live in the life to, I'm sorry, to live, to be in a realm of lustful passion is the same as in the realm of darkness. When we choose to use our inheritance for darkness and worldly pleasures, we only draw ourselves more and more away from the light. We abandon our identity. So here is son. 
use up all his money, what happens? A famine. A famine is struck. Coincidence or providence? Was it God punishing the son? Or was it opportunity for grace? When the younger son has used up every last penny, it was then at that moment that the famine struck. Some may say, well, how can God, who is all-loving and merciful, do this to this poor young man in his most desperate time of need? Some can say, well, he deserved it. That's what he gets for leaving his father. That's what he gets for living a little sin. But if we look at this from an eye of faith, we see that it is actually a great gift. That this famine was a gift and grace from God to the Son. And how so? Look at us now in this pandemic. Look at us now in, in, in these turbulent times. Do we see it as God punishing us? Or do we see it as a gift somehow? If we look deep, we can see that how it could be moments of grace. How the time of this pandemic allowed us to grow closer with our families and with God. Maybe it taught us something about ourselves that we were afraid to face. So just as the famine was the end of the world seemingly for this younger son, the pandemic we have now might be a great source of frustration for us. And what we do about it is very important. So what did the son do? Did the son repent? And run back to dad? Did he ask God for help? What did he do? He hired himself out, we're supposed. But now let's let's think about this, this this lost for a second. He lost his money, he lost his pride. He lost his identity, and he lost himself. And it was at this desperate moment when the, when the son seemingly lost everything. It was at that very moment that God gave him this opportunity. This moment of grace. The son finally experienced the pain and the suffering of being apart from his father. The son, at this moment, when he lost everything, he finally realized 
what pain was like, what life apart from their father is like. And the father tries so desperately to remind him of who he was. But the son could not hear the father's call. He was too deep in his shame. He was too deep in his desperation. He was too deep into, into his lost self. But yet he recognized, we're told that he realized he was in dire need. He knew he was lost. He knew something wasn't right. And he knew he needed help. But where did he go? Who did he count on? Did he turn to God? No. He counted on himself again. He hired himself out to the local citizens. Instead of turning to God, he turned to man. He, when, he, he, when he needed help, he didn't go to God. He went to a local citizen. He turned to man. When he lost everything, he still turned to man. He still tried to do it all by himself. And he hired himself out. He hired himself out. He was trading his identity, his very self, to the world, the people of the world. He was saying here, I know I'm a Jewish man. I know I belong to this father, but here, I'm willing to say bye to that and become one of your slaves. Metaphorically, to the world. He was, he, instead of going back to his father, he instead betrayed his very identity for earthly comforts. He tended the pigs. Jewish people do not get involved with pigs. But he was so desperate. He was so lost in his sin that he would rather turn to the pigs than to go home to the Father. Maybe because he has felt that shame of, I can't go back there. I ditched him. I took his money and I left and look at me now. I, I, I can't go back. It's embarrassing. And so he took it into his own hands. And we're told, listen carefully, we're told, and he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. He was fighting with the pigs for food. Aren't we like that sometimes? We know we've sinned. We, we know we've done wrong. 
And yet, instead of repenting, instead of saying sorry, we keep on at it. We keep on going down that path. We keep on rolling in the mud with the pigs. We keep on at it. But then, we're told, because no one gave him any. No one gave him any because what he needed wasn't the food of the swine. He needed his father. He needed food that would sustain him. And so when we, in our lost sinfulness, when we go and try to somehow fill voids with either drugs or alcohol or anything else, when we try to fill those voids with those things, nobody and nothing can give us that sustenance, like this sun. Nobody will give us what we really need. Because what we really need is the bread of life. When we are lost, what we need is not another um, fancy car, another um, comfort, what we need is what we have been given, the bread of life. And what this prodigal son needed wasn't what the swines were eating, but he needed his father. He needed his identity. Remember, our Lord said, man does not live on bread alone on the word that comes forth from the mouth of God. He could not be sustained by food. And just like at the woman of the well, if she, if she kept getting that water every day, going back, living in sin, living in adultery, and needing to, to go to the well at noon when no one else was there because she was shameful, she would always have to go back to get the water at that time. Hiding from people. But what did our Lord say to her? Our Lord said to her, If you knew who you were speaking with, you would have asked him for the living waters and he would have given it to you. All this son needed to ask, what, what to do was to ask. He just needed to ask the Father. And when we sin, my brothers and sisters, when we sin, when we go down the wrong path, when we seemingly go on a path that we think we can't turn back, all we need to do is ask. Like our Lord says, you only need to ask. But we don't. Because of our pride, because of our, of our blindness, we don't. And instead we turn inward and we resort to the earthly comforts and worldly pleasures. So as we come to the end of this session, we have about, oh, we still have about um, 10 minutes, I think. Let me see. Yes. So... Let us think about this. 
Like the son who was given his share of the inheritance. And he used it in the life of dissipation. How about us? How do we use our inheritance? When we've encountered those famines and those dry moments that the Israelites experienced, how did I respond to them? Maybe right now, do I see this as God's punishment? When I feel alone and in pain, do I see it as God punishing us? Or are we able to look deeper and turn to God and say, Lord, why? Do I see these moments of, of feeling lost and feeling lonely? Do I see them as moments of God drawing me deeper into himself? Inviting us to trust in him more deeply? Do we seek to eat our fill of the pods of the pigs, or do we seek to eat of the food that was given to us, the bread of life? Do we move farther away from the Father when troubles come and attach ourselves to the hired workers, to the swine, to what we can grab and see, to our money, to our wealth, to our fame, or do we Grab onto God. It is at these moments, my brothers and sisters, that we must hold fast to hope. The world doesn't offer us solutions. The world doesn't offer us the food that will give us our fill. It won't. We can convince ourselves of that. We can think that. We can want that to be real. But it never will. So now coming back we saw we heard that the, the very last line that I read before I stopped was this. That he came to a realization and then he got up and went back. It was always in him. Who he was was always in him. He may have been lost. He may have been struggling. He may have thought that he couldn't go back. But deep down within him, he knew. He knew he belonged elsewhere. And we must too, my brothers and sisters. When we feel alone, when we feel lost, when we feel abandoned, we must never forget whose we are. We must never forget 
that we were baptized in, in our baptism. We have the inheritance of God. We must not despair in times of need. We must, be, we must not become despondent. We must not become hopeless. All it takes is a simple, Lord, save me. Father, hear me. All it takes is for us to recognize that deep down there, there is that urging, there is that desire. All it takes is that recognition. All it takes is that dire need. All that is needed is for us to want to go back. We want to go back. God will always lead us back to Himself. Always. So my brothers and sisters, as we come face to face, come face, to face with our lostness, may we be encouraged by one another. May we be motivated and may we always know that though we may feel lost, though we may have wandered far away from home, that God still calls us His beloved sons and daughters. That even when we choose to reject Him, when we choose to leave Him, when we choose to not acknowledge Him, He still gives us His inheritance. And he still sends us his spirit. And he sent us his son. Never lose hope. Never lose faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your inheritance. We thank you for, for loving us, even when we choose to not love you. We thank you for the moments of trouble and for the moments of famine, and even now, the moments of this pandemic. We thank you not because we enjoy the sufferings and pains that come, But we rejoice and we are grateful of those moments because we know deep down that there are moments of grace. And those are moments of opportunity to grow closer and deeper in your love. And that is why we rejoice and that is why we are thankful. We thank you for calling us beloved. We thank you for never giving up on us. We thank you for having called us by name. So we continue with our night, Lord, we ask you to watch over us, protect us, watch over all those who feel that they cannot go back to you because of their sinfulness and their shame. May you move their hearts and may they ever and may they feel your love evermore. And may they ever feel your closeness to them. 
We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for tomorrow, first, thank you for joining us, for joining me, despite the difficulties I had with the, tech, the, the beginning. But tomorrow's session, it will not be live, but it will be recorded. And it will be put on, on either the YouTube or on the Facebook. And so you can join at your own leisure to, to, to finish this part of being lost. And tomorrow we will go into the gift of receiving. How do we receive? And how has the son, not just this son, but the older son, have they received? And how can we be receiving even in times of loss and hopelessness? So I hope you will join us then. But until then, take care. God bless and know that you're in my prayers. And please pray for us. Take care. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.